Let's start off with a question. If someone were to ask you, when is a sale more than just a sale, what do you think you would say? I know my answer. I would say that practically every single time a sale is more than a sale. And the reason for that is because there are so many factors, there's so many variables that play into a successful sale, and an unsuccessful sale for that matter, that a sale is never just a sale. There's so many steps before that. So whether you're the first point of contact, making a phone call, outreach, whatever it is, whether you're somewhere along the chain as it moves up the chain, whether you're part of a team, whether you're, you're a mom and pop organization or business, whether you are part of a corporation, every step along the way, there are so many factors that play out. And certainly some of those factors are mental skills, mental aspects, and mental health that combine to help people become either more successful or less successful in their job in sales, sales, advertising, marketing. In this episode, I have the opportunity to co-host with Michael Daniel, who is director of a sales team for a successful supplies company, which you'll hear about soon. And we talk about just that, the mental skills, the mental aspects, mental health, all these variables that come out in the profession of sales. There are millions of people that are involved in this type of profession. And it's an interesting topic because like we always say, mental health is everywhere and we get to talk about it some more. So we hope you enjoy this episode. And if you do, please subscribe, please share, please rate, please review all of the above. This is Mental Filter. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Mental Filter, where we talk about just about anything and everything all through the lens of mental health with some really cool people. My name is Shmuel Fischler. I am a clinical social worker. I own and run a specialized practice just north of Baltimore. Before we get into our topic of the day, I would like my co-host, Michael, to introduce himself. Michael, please go ahead. Thank you so much, Shmuel. Uh, this is a an honor and a privilege to be on with you, an old friend, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm loving the podcast also, so, so thanks for that. Um, yes, Michael Daniel, born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. I, am a, I run a, a small division, a sales division at uh, DC Dental. We are a full-service dental supplier, so basically, if you need anything for your dental practice, we take care of you. I've uh, been doing that for about 10 years now, and, uh, and, and uh, love it. I've seen a lot of different aspects of the company marketing, sales, a lot of the, the clinical education aspect. So it's, uh, it's, been a, it's been a real trip so far and uh, really excited to talk a little bit about it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, and, and that's exactly the topic is the sales, the, the marketing. And I, I think it's a fascinating topic. There's so many mental aspects that go into it whether it's the sale itself and the relationships with people or whether the experience of going through sales and marketing and sometimes it's uh it's the the end game is clear sometimes it's not sometimes the results are what we want sometimes sometimes it's not so there's it's an interesting topic before we get into some of the specifics of it just to give people an idea of uh you know you're a little bit modest as far as uh, the scope <laughs> the scope of what you do in the company, just just so people have just a some frame of reference of what kind of size of a company and what kind of business you do. This is not about your company per se. This is about your experiences, but just to give a frame of reference, can you do so for a second? 
Sure. Uh, yeah. And DC Dantoya, we were uh, founded in about 2002. So we're almost 20 years old now. Company is now doing about $50 million in revenue. And we service dental practices throughout, throughout the United States. But with regards to any, any, any specifics, I'm not sure if I'm going to bore your, your audience, that the dental professional is uh, uh, pretty nichey. Uh, and I'm not sure how, how I'm not sure how exciting it would be to like you know kind of go into like the, the nuts and bolts unless you want to unless you got you, you do but. not know how many dentists we have in our <laughs> audience <laughs> who are sitting on the edge of their feet. If if you want me to go there, no. I will go there. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm not sure. No, <laughs> no, it's okay. That's hopeful. Now you, it's a hybrid of your experiences. I have so many questions and so many things we could talk about. You said you mentioned marketing and you mentioned advertising. How do you define both? Are they different? Are they same? They overlap and you do more of one than the other? Well, yeah, marketing is, is a very, very broad term. Marketing is definitely a very broad term and, and, it, and advertising will usually fall under that. You know, advertising is just, is just one aspect of, of the greater marketing picture. Personally, I, you know, I used to be involved in more of the marketing and advertising, literally just you know, ads, uh, uh, putting together catalogs, uh, promotional catalogs for the company, helping out with uh, with the greater marketing team with regards to actual marketing is that, 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 that's data. And there's all sorts of different aspects to marketing. It's, it's not just like the, uh, the fun mad men style. Oh, don't dash, don't, don't dash everybody's hopes out there. Oh, no, no, no. There, there's some, but it's not a lot. It's very, very, very little of the, of the uh, Don Draper esque stuff. Yeah. A lot of marketing gets, gets, is, is kind of in the weeds, boring data analytics but yeah, the advertising, I, I, I tried more to focus on the funner aspect, the, the advertising. I am, I try to be, think of myself as a little bit more on the creative side than the, than the analytical side. So that, that's where I usually try to channel my efforts. Yeah, I can, I can attest to, to Michael being on the creative side. And I, I think you already brought up a good point about being in the weeds. And with lots of professions, it's not as glamorous as sometimes we hope or wish it was. And that's something that we have to deal with. I know in my profession, everyone's profession, there's the 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 funner stuff, as you as you said, and then there's all the work and all the 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 more tedious type of of, of work that you have to do in order to get those more fun moments. So I want I want to start. Uh, I want to go on to like a sort of a, a statement. Maybe it's a myth in 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 the field of what people assume maybe marketing and and advertising is about like and sales in general now the what's the first image that someone that comes in the person's head when you mention sales well i, th- I think the stereotype is going to be it's like a, stereotypical salesperson is going to be that push the the pushy the fuller brush salesman knocks on your door and right. you know tries to sell you and right. uh, in, in reality you know sales done right is a very important profession uh, it's 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 critical i mean we all need things we all truly we want things and we need things. And, and I think that a good salesman is going to un- uncover actual needs of the customer. They're, they're going to ask questions. They'll, they'll search for emotional connections. And ultimately, they're going to give you, if it's not a good fit, you know, if, if I don't need a Jeep Cherokee, uh, an off-road Jeep Cherokee, don't sell me a Jeep Cherokee. That's not going to be, that's going to be a complete misconnection. But if you can uncover that I'm that guy who needs that off-road rugged Jeep Cherokee, then then great. You know, you've you've found my need, you've uncovered my need, and that's a win. So you exactly um, you hit you hit on exactly what I was going to ask. So one can argue that 
the advertising industry is goal and i'm not this is a not, not a knock on you or, or anyone else but one can argue that the goal of any advertisement any commercial is basically to convince someone that they need something this is a need things will be better if you have this and if i do a good job of convincing you i wouldn't call it manipulation but one can argue and I would love to hear your, your response to that. One can argue that that's the goal is, is to make the other person or the business feel that, okay, you know what? I need this. This is something that's important and I need to have this. And once, once you create that feeling, then boom, you know, I got the sale. Well, I, I'm not saying I completely agree with that, but what would be your response to something like that? I agree as well. I agree that, that one can argue that, that there's definitely a manipulative, manipulative aspect, but customers, consumers nowadays are, much, are so smart. They're, they're, they're much, much smarter. I'm not saying they're smarter than before, but like they've, we've evolved. We've become perhaps more skeptical or we're more thoughtful. We understand that. Or I think a lot of customers do understand a lot of casual, let's say TV viewers or radio listeners do understand that you know, they might just be trying to sell me something. And if advertisers, if we're, not, if we're not savvy enough to go ahead and actually ask questions and diagnose and, and uncover needs, actual true needs, that's going to be a fail. There's going to be a loss of trust. There's gonna be, we need to establish that trust. So if, if we come at them in a salesy manner, personally, that's not how I, I wouldn't want that to be my personal brand. Uh, we try not to operate like that. And um, I... You know, when I see an ad that, that comes off of sales, yeah, I cringe. Right. And, and you, there's a couple of things you mentioned in there that I think totally hit on, you know, the mental side of things and the mental health side of things. Some of the skills of just being able to connect with someone and have that relationship with someone so you can create that sale and you listen to what are their needs. So just having active and effective listening, which in my world is a criteria, a prerequisite to, to do what I do. It sounds like it's a prerequisite for you too, to be able to sit and actually listen to what they're saying. And I, I just say a little bit more about that. How do you, this is not, by the way, anyone listening, this is not a sales 101. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> so we are totally not, no, this is, to, yeah. if you yeah. want that, and you, then you have to pay extra. There's three installments of 99.99, and then <laughs> home DVD. No. So, uh, um, so uh, just talk a little more about the skill of active listening and paying attention to what the needs of the person you're talking to, not for the purpose of manipulation, but the purpose of really getting in touch with what they need. And we're going to, when you're describing this, we're going to apply this to the broader audience of just the skill of being able to listen to other people and what's going on for them. Yeah. So just to cover that last note that you mentioned. So everybody's in sales. If you're a parent, you're in sales. If you are a, if you're a therapist, you're in sales. If you're a salesperson, you're in sales. Okay. Everyone is in sales. There's no question about it. No, if I got to convince my, my, uh, my four year old to go to bed, I am in sales. Okay. That, that's, that's for sure. So, so that, that, like you mentioned, it's not just for a typical salesperson. This is like, you know, this covers every single person who would be listening to this, uh, to, the, to the podcast. What was the original question again? <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't agree more. We, we are all in sales and everything we do. 
I'm um, just talking a little bit more about the skill of paying attention. Paying oh, that's attention. right. Paying attention. Okay. I should have paid attention to the question. Okay. <laughs> okay. A hundred percent. I forget the, uh, I've heard so many, I've read books or I've heard so many different aphorisms. If you're, if you're listening far, I forget the, 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 the ratio, you know, let's say 20% talking and 80% listening, you know, that's a win. Meaning the active listening is, is, is a tremendous, it's a critical part of the, of the successful sales process because it shows you're, 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 you're going to be connecting more with your, with your customer, with your client, you're going to be hearing their needs and you will then, right. And when you're done listening, you can then apply whatever they said and say, oh, okay, if I'm understanding you correctly, if I could solve your problem with this, then, you know, would that be, you know, would that be something that would, that would be a good fit for you? You can only, if someone doesn't want to be sold to, you have to listen to what they need. You would, you'll then be able to hear and understand their true needs and be able to give them what they want. I mean, uh, if, if you're not listening, then, then it's, it's just, it's going to be a complete swing and a miss. I mean, or, 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 or a lucky guess at best. So the, the listening process, you know, especially, so we, we talk to dentists, okay? We talk to dental professionals who went, who, who went through advanced schooling. They're, they're very, very, very smart and they're very skeptical. We need to be on their level. We need to speak their language and we need to listen to their needs. Them especially, you know, especially when you're selling uh, higher end merchandise or equipment, if we're not truly listening to them, they see through it right away perhaps like a more sophisticated or higher level, perhaps I'm not even sure how to define that, but yeah, the, the, the listening is, it cannot be more important. Right. So in essence, what, what I'm hearing you say that it has to be more about them, about me. It can't be about me selling you something. It has to be about me connecting with you and what you need. And hopefully what this product is or whatever it is, is what you need. It has to be about them. And that, that's, true. that's true about really any motivation. I can say in, in my world, there's nobody can, I'm not, uh, who's, who's the famous uh, motivational speaker who gets up in front of tens of Tim Robbins. Tim, Tim Robbins. Rob, not, Tim, not Tim Robbins. No, not Tim, Tim Robbins is the actor. Tim uh, 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 Robbins, what's his name? The guy. <laughs> the, guy, the, guy, the, guy the guy. The guy. The guy with the fancy microphone. And, yeah. It's too early. It's so early in the morning. Uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, I, okay. It'll come. All right. Whatever. Okay, so it's so Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. Thank you, thank you. Tim Robbins of Shawshank Redemption fan is also probably a great motivational. Yes, student. I was just gonna say he's also motivational. <laughs> so I tell people all the time when they come, very unclinically, that when someone sits down and we're talking about something, I say, "Listen, a problem isn't a problem until it's a problem." <laughs> so I, nothing. Someone can come in and say that they're dealing with X, Y, and Z. I can't sit here and say hey, you know what, this is a real problem and you really need to work on this. Maybe if there's a safety issue and I have a responsibility to make sure that everyone's okay. I can't tell anyone they need to work on anything. If someone's, uh, even if they tell so, their, their loved one, their spouse, whoever it is that they want to work on dieting or exercise, and then the next day they're about to um, have, a, have, have a cookie and you say, well, do you, you, know, you told me, do you really want to eat that? You know, and you're going to get it you know, shoved in your face right? That's, that doesn't really, that's not the way motivation works. Motivation works that it has to come from the person. So I imagine this is what you're, you're touching on is, is that when you're selling something, it can't be about me telling you, you need this vacuum cleaner or this life insurance policy or whatever it is. This is, let me hear you, what you, this, these are your needs. I think I'm getting you. 
and this is what we have to offer and perhaps that fits in with what you need so it's about them and it's not about me right that, that's correct we try to uncover needs also i mean you're right you don't want to create a problem because that 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 comes off that's usually very artificial and artificial uh, you know artificial uh, problem creation and then problem solving i think is not going to ultimately lend into you know lend to long term relationships and stuff like that but if i can tr- uncover a true need of yours and then solve that problem that's a big win and i come off as i i can come off looking as as a savior and you know just someone who's who's really helped and that can lead to builds trust and that leads to future sales that leads to relationships and that's that's a, that's a great thing right can you talk a little bit about i mean there, there's certainly uh benefits to what you do and there's certainly challenges to what you do so i imagine in sales and advertising that whole world you know i don't know what the is there an industry standard of like batting average oh my gosh uh, I, don't question. Know, I don't. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the standard. Great is. question. Like a benchmark. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure exactly the benchmark. I'm sure. I'm sure it differs, it, and it depends what you know. What what exactly the aspect of your job is? If you're a prospector, I mean, if you're just like cold calling, then, um, you know, I again, I, I don't know the numbers. But let's say a one out of ten. If I make ten phone calls and I get a, I get one hit, that's that's probably awesome. You know, that's that's probably wow. You know, stratosphere Let's were you that. ever at that um, point were you at were you at the point of prospecting? i have always always yes i was i was i i i had to i was i was building a uh i was building a program about five six years ago and i was sitting in cold calling for about three months and it was it's not my thing i and i have tremendous 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 respect for cold callers oh my goodness i i uh, i i don't deal well with rejection I'm terrible with that. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, I've yet to meet uh, someone who like thrives on rejection. <laughs> I, I know, I, I, I know, I know a couple people. And, really? And I am blown away, blown away, completely blown away. It's, it's. The, the, I can't wrap my head around it because, like, it's, it's my, my, I, I need, I feed off the, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a pleaser. I'm a pleaser and I, I need to, I need to feel that like instant gratification. So you've so met people that what? You've met people that. Don't care. Uh, next. You said, no, don't care. I heard a great, uh, I, I heard some great advice on a podcast. I heard a couple of years ago. Uh, someone said he was building a business. I think it was, it was like on uh, how I built this podcast. Uh, Guy Ross, great podcast. Um, second to yours. It, it, it's uh, <laughs> the guy, the, the guy said his dad would tell him, he said, he said, uh, don't, don't shut your day down. I mean, don't, don't close up for the day until you've heard 30 no's or maybe it was 50 no's. It's like each no that he would get on the phone, you know, he like ticked off. Oh, that's a win, right? So he would call and call and call and call. And he, every no, he would go, okay, fine. I'm getting to my, okay, I'm almost done. I'm almost finished my day because I can get to my 50 no's, um, which I was blown away. I, I would never be able to do that, but I, I, I like that mentality. So, okay. So I want to speak to that a second. My, as soon as I heard that, that feels like a great way to reframe something. It's Correct. Re- it's reframing a no. A no is not. Again, I am the furthest. For I'm the furthest. Uh, I know we're all in sales, but I'm the furthest thing from a businessman, <laughs> from a salesman. Um, I I grew up. My dad was a salesman, but uh, it's it's actually sounds like a creative way to reframe a no from something that's just in inherently negative to something that is part of a greater 
picture of the no is I actually accomplished something because my goal is to try to get 30 or 50 no's. So now I can notch it now become something accomplishing something that I want. You can take it further than that. I'm sure there's probably books and stuff about, uh, you know, getting to yes and a no is a way to get to yes and all that stuff. Right, but, right, right. You know, it's, it's a step in the direction. And, and the truth is, is that every failure, I just, uh, I lis- literally just, um, was it the last pot, the last episode? And we were talking about sports and you're talking about some elite athletes and I was speaking to a sports psychologist. And he said, he was saying that some of the most elite ones, what do they do? They use every miss, every loss, every mistake as a way to get better, which in essence is, is something similar to this is that every no is one step closer to getting to yes. It's learning from that. No, whether it might, you know, if someone can be a good self observer, in sales or just in life, if something didn't work, that doesn't, that's not a fail. It's like science. It's, it's like a science experiment. I, I do this with people all the time. When we, you know, in, in, in the cognitive behavioral therapy world and, and the work that I do with people with anxiety, all the time we're doing behavioral experiments. We give, I give homework, although I try not to use the H word because it strikes fear in people. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's, there's practice in between sessions and we set out to do something in between a session. And I try to remember to reiterate that no matter how it goes, we're going to learn from it. So if it doesn't have to go as planned, every science experiment, you have a hypothesis, you have variables, you say, this is what we hope, this is what we think is going to happen. And then if there's no correlation, that's not a fail, that's no correlation. So what we learned that there's no correlation between A and B, that's valuable information. So I imagine we can apply that to really anything, and you can apply that to sales and cold calling too. When you get a no, if you take the opportunity to use that as, okay, let me learn from it. There was a no. What happened? Let me just learn. So maybe it's time of day. Maybe it's my opening line. Maybe it's uh, I'm distracted. Maybe it's just my attitude. I don't know. Maybe it's not me at all. Maybe it's I'm calling the wrong people. Just trying to gather intel and information and learn from, learn from that no that t- changes it, that, that changes it from just a, before it was just a, negative no and that's all it was and now it's something that's uh, more valuable yeah 100 percent. and i i uh you know as i mentioned the, the the my respect for those who have that mental toughness that 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 tremendous thick skin and just just the persistence i think persistence is probably the number one the number one quality a salesperson or a successful salesperson can can have um, that above anything else, the, the ability to move on, the, the ability to move forward, the ability to just forge on even after you heard 10, 20, 30 no's. Um, and I just you know, speaking now to a therapist, I, 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 yeah, I don't know if I have that, but like it's, it's, I, I tr- respect it so tremendously. You um, must, you must have it to some degree. You're still working. <laughs> I'm still working. But so, so, so what I've tried to do is I've tried to pivot. I've, I've tried to always to, to kind of take it, at the next step and get the, uh, you know, take it from the prospecting step. Once we already have a, someone who, who, you know, a client who is interested, okay, what happens next? Okay. Uh, so I think the best prospector, I think, I think it sometimes is important to compartmentalize. Sometimes you can have a prospector who is unbelievable at prospecting, who is, who has tremendous tenacity and persistence. But when it comes down to, 
deep knowledge and perhaps knowing which questions to ask, you know, and, and really closing the sale um, and, and, and diagnosing properly, that can sometimes be handed off to a specialist and sometimes should be handed off to a specialist. I've tried to insert myself more at that stage uh, than the prospecting stage because if my, if my strength, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to personally play to my strengths. And I'm not saying that I'm a strong, that, you know, that, that second stage person, but uh, my, my strength is definitely not the prospecting stage. So I'm, I've, I've tried to you know, work more towards that secondary and the close stage, which you know, I, I think is also an important point. You know, we, we do want to play to our strengths. We find out what your strength is and, and whatever you can do to focus on that and, and to make a career out of that, that that's where you want to be. So I think it's a, a very, very valuable, a couple things that you just said in there. One is there's a different set of skills, which if you can recognize that is very important. There's a different set of skills for the prospecting, for opening the door, for uh, talking to someone and listening to someone, like you said earlier, and getting that opening to there's interest and there's, there is the prospect. And then there's a separate set of skills of closing of taking it to the next level, of introducing more. And it's, it's an important life skill to be able to recognize what a lot of people, a lot of people struggle to recognize what their strengths are. Everybody has a certain set of strengths and weaknesses that they can work on. And it's also, uh, maybe you can speak to this, it's also not comparing to the other person's strengths. If I'm- Oh, for sure. You know, just because I'll, I'll let you talk about on that in a second, but just because I can prospect, but I can't close, it doesn't mean I'm not valuable. It doesn't mean that I'm not in a, an integral cog in the system. You know, a lot of people, you mentioned a rejection before. So I might take a no, or I might take, well, I can't close as a reflection of my, my worth. You know, they take it bigger, but if oh, you, if, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you if you frame it right, it's not. First of all, a general no is not a reflection on my self worth. If you really think about it, it just means that maybe I didn't get the sale. But even if I got the prospect, but I didn't close, or I closed, but I can't get the prospect, being able to sort of compartmentalize that, I think is is really really important. Yeah, and and, and we've had pretty much had the luxury of having of having a team mentality. I think that it's it's even more challenging. Let's say you're a small. You, solo practitioner, you, know, you, have, you have a very small business where you have to wear all the hats, you know, all the sales hats, the prospecting, the marketing, the clothes, et cetera. That's really where it gets tricky. You know, so it's, we're at sink or swim. We've had the luxury of basically having a, a team where, where you can have prospector and then, you know, someone can come in to aid on the clothes or to aid on or to aid for whatever aspect. Uh, is necessary to you know that, that that might be a weak spot for the uh, you know for, for that respective uh, you know salesperson let's say but uh, you know so so that you're 100 right teamwork and understanding how just like you said that if someone is great at the close but can't prospect for his life you know that we have to be able to, to to match up you know players you know so they can play off each other's strengths as opposed to just you know having a prospect who can't finish and then you're stuck doing nothing so the, the team aspect and just because I I, I, uh, I I don't necessarily know what questions to ask or how to make that that final you know the final sale the final close doesn't necessarily mean that I'm there's something wrong with me it just means that hey I should focus on the prospecting and there's tremendous, tremendous value to that. Oh my gosh. Finding, fi finding that, that tenacious person is, is really, 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 it's, it's one in a million. 
And that's really a life skill of being, a, being able to recognize what you're good at and then pound away at that is a, is a general life skill that's good. So many people are, for some reason, don't either don't allow themselves or they don't get to the point where they realize, okay, this is this skill or this little aspect is what I'm good at recognizing that and then pounding away at that. And you mentioned teamwork. There's definitely challenges and benefits to teamwork. So you mentioned some of the benefits of, of teamwork being able to, well, if I can't do this part, then someone else can. What's some of the learning curve, I guess, of being part of a team? When I think of a team, again, it could be very collaborative, but then it's also being able to work with other people. I'm sure there is, especially in a bigger company, not I'm not talking about yours specifically, but there is a hierarchy and there is control and ego as far as like who's doing what or who's getting involved and what level. Can you talk just a little more about that aspect of, of teamwork? There's no question. It's very tricky. There's, there's no question that sometimes sometimes individual players might feel that, that, that they can do more, that they're, they're more ambitious. They want to focus, let's say, on the whole thing and you know, where, where they can really use help somewhere else. Uh, where they can really use help in a certain aspect. So yes, ego definitely comes into it. Teamwork in general is, it requires a team mentality. And very often salespeople are alpha, you know, it's a, I'm not sure, alpha males or females, I don't know how this works out, but whatever. Uh, they have that, that, that personality where like, no, I could do everything. And, and it, it sometimes takes a little bit of humility to realize, okay, you know, how do I ask for help? Like, how do I, if I want to be my best or make the most money, how do I indeed ask for help or recognize my weaknesses to say, Hey, hook me up. And, and, and personally, I always tried to be there, uh, you know, for my team when, 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 uh, if there was a way that I could help, um, even if it wasn't necessarily my sale. Yes, th- of course there is, there's, there's, there's uh, uh, that aspect and there's, there's, uh, jealousies and, and, uh, and all sorts of, you know, that, that fun, human stuff that goes on whenever you deal with people uh you know it's not it's not it's not about business or sales it's just about being people and, and uh we all we all have that stuff so so being it, it's it's it takes a lot you really have to step back and say like okay how do i forget me for a second how do we how do i make the best of the situation how do i win the best and usually it's it's by it's by bringing and leverage leveraging people you know, within the team to, to help out so looking looking at a bigger picture, looking beyond ourselves is super valuable. Again, not just in sales, but in lots of things. Looking at it looking at a broader look at thing, whatever whatever I'm a part of, whether it's a business, whether it's a family, an organization, a class, uh, you know, lots of work with plenty of people who, you know, when they hit middle school or high school or college and they have to do some project together. And for some people it's 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 a challenge because or being a part of a a sports team that's the one thing we also talked about was that the the need to be able to learn how to work with each other and you mentioned i think a really good one about asking for help i mean i'm in the business of people asking for help and very often when someone calls me for the first time i'll just reinforce that because picking up that phone and asking for help is lots of times the the hardest step it's a certain amount of vulnerability I'm sure there's there's certain level of vulnerability in your in your line of work, don't you think? Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, I think that it's funny vulnerability. Very often, vulnerability helps in sales. I mean, it, that's that's uh, when you listen to these again, books or podcasters, etc. Making one's self vulnerable is a very good way and effective. Way. I'm not sure if it's manipulative. It might just it might just be a good way just to 
I think it's, I think personally it's genuine. If, if it's done genuinely, it's, it's, it's a very interesting way to connect. I think that, that when we make ourselves vulnerable, it's an immediate, it opens conversations. It opens up. It just, it just opens things up very, very well. As opposed to me coming off as, as this strong guy who's going to, let's say I'm selling you something. And if I come off as very, as very strong or as very, you know, overbearing, you put your guard up, right? You immediately put that wall up and, and it makes the sale, it makes that sales process all the more hard. I heard one tip from, there's a company that does training, Sandler training, Sandler. Anyway, uh, they said one thing that has worked, is they, they, they've done training for decades, whatever it is, someone was cold calling. If I would say, hey, uh, this is Michael Daniel with DC Dental, uh, or call for Dr. Fischler. And, and by the way, this is a, this is a sales call, right? <laughs> you never, right? Or, or, or even better, sorry. I'm, my name is Michael Daniel with DC Dental. I'm on a, this is a sales call and I'm completely terrified, okay? All right, now, it doesn't portray me as strong, but are you going to talk to me? Are you going to talk to me? Well, right, you will, if, right? I, if I have a heart, then I'm going to talk to you. If you have a heart, you will. So, you know, it, 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 that, that type of vulnerability, you know, it, it helps lead to, it helps lead potentially to conversations. I personally haven't, I don't know if I, I'm not sure if I've ever exercised that. It really, I'm, I don't know if I'm uh, brave enough to do such a thing, but it works. I think it does work. Yeah. I think the key word is, is genuine, genuine, authentic. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. That, that's exactly what I'm saying. Let's say I'm on a cold call. I am terrified. So why can't I just tell you how I'm feeling? You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm worried you're going to say no. Hey, it's Michael Daniel, DC Dental. Yes, this is a sales call, sales call and I am nervous. Okay? You know, can I speak to the doctor? Yeah. I'm, I'm calling it like it is and I'm telling you how I feel. So you're like, oh, okay, this guy's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I th- yeah, it's important. Yeah, it's important to be genuine and authentic. Not, there's like that sweet spot probably of not, it's not like you want to overshare and say, oh, my kid, right. this and this, you know, a whole sob, right. you don't turn yourself into a sob story. You want to be real, but you also don't want to be cold and portray this, you know, you're going to buy this because da, 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 and that's not going to, that's not really going to bode well. So let's take a couple minutes, I think, and, and talk about the benefits and the, like the, the, the positive side of getting involved in this. So whether, I mean, I, you can say more of this, but I imagine you, you, there's so much opportunity to be creative and there's opportunity for, for artistry and, and all sorts of cool things. Like you said, you said all the way in the beginning about the funner aspects. So talk about some of the funner. And if there's any, if there's any grammar police out there, too bad. Yes, we know it's more fun. Okay. We got it. Okay. But the funner aspects of doing this kind of work for you, what are those? That's, a, that's an interesting question. So I'll, I'll give you one example. So I, I was meeting with a dental office and one of the doctors, I was meeting with the, the, the office manager there, and one of the doctors pops in and says, this guy sings. So kind of, so I, I do dabble in semi-unprofessional singing, but anyway. Semi-unprofessional, I love that. Whatever. <laughs> it's just all, yes, all the non-professional stuff is, yeah, that's what I do. Anyway, the doctor jumps in, hey, uh, whatever, let's call her. Maria, hey Maria, this guy is—he's a singer. So she's like, oh, and then we talked about it for a little while, and then fine. So uh, what we did is I set up a WhatsApp group. Like, a, she she communicates with my team um, via text, um, and I, I asked her. I said, hey, set up on WhatsApp so you can send us pictures or voice notes. 
So when she, when she indeed set up the whole account and it was a, it should be a promising, a uh, nice account. Uh, I started sending her, I started singing her songs. I was like singing her like off the cuff. Thank you songs. And it was, uh, and, and, and they enjoyed it. It was, uh, so it was just like little 10, 15, 20 seconds, just originals that I was just throwing on. And they, they were, uh, they were very tickled. So it, that was a nice way just to throw them. But you, you always want to color your work with your personality. If you're not connecting with them, people, that's an old aphorism as well. People buy from people they like. And you want to, like you said before, don't overshare unless it's genuine. You know, if, you, if you really have that relationship, then great, share. But people do want to not buy from robots. I mean, I, I do think that the sales profession is, is safe from robots, you know, because ultimately it's, it's important that we do connect. The best connections are going to come through real personality. And uh, you know, when we do that, that, that's, that creates relationships. And so that, that, that has been a good medium or a good way to channel, channel creativity and, and find ways to make people laugh or just, you know, make people say, hmm. So, yeah. And, and that takes a certain amount. I, I love that story. That's a way to create. So, so there's a bunch of benefits in that. You're able to have a relationship with people. You're, you're able to have fun. You'll be able to be creative and just like let your guard down. And it takes a certain amount. I think it takes a certain amount that goes back to vulnerability also. That takes a certain amount of vulnerability to allow yourself to be yourself. And whether it's in sales or whether it's in other things, any meeting or any conversation, whether someone's on a date, you know, just to, to allow, trust ourselves, allow ourselves to be ourselves. How many of us have these guards up? And again, we're not talking about spilling and, and having a confessional, but just allow ourselves to be ourselves. And more often than not, when you allow your personality to just be there, not only will you feel good, but people will like that. People will connect yeah. to that when you just allow, like, let your guard down. If you're enjoying your work, you're going to do it a whole lot better. You're going to be more interested. You'll be more engaged and, and the clients see it immediately. The clients, they, they see the enthusiasm. They see the passion. The more passionate you are, the more curious you'll be, the more you're going to learn more and learn more about your customers. Um, so it's, it's the, the fun element is so, so, so critical. It's so critical. It's about finding ways to make your day fun and make the, the make the work fun um, because it shows through so much. Yeah. So we're going to have to end that in a minute, but before we end, if you can think of in all your, in your travels in going through the journey and the learning curve of getting to where you are now, what might through, again, everything that we talk about is, can be applied to all aspects of life. What might be one lesson or takeaway for yourself that you've gotten along the way that you see has translated outside of your professional life that you know in hindsight oh by experiencing all of this i don't know i learned this and maybe that will be like our our parting shot Oof, good question i i i want to go back to what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast really the art of making it about someone else you know the art of making it not about yourself if, if you make life not about yourself and you you're you're really out there to give and, and 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 solve problems and you really make it not about you that's that's a tremendous it, it's 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 very fulfilling you're going to be doing the right things um you i think it's going to lead more to success um whether it's in business or you know just in, in your own life the idea of, of just listening and, and trying to find out 
you know, just not just taking yourself away, listening. That's not a sales thing. That, that's just a life thing. I think that that's, that's critical. The, the challenge is really doing that's it's so easy to say such a thing. <laughs> doing it is, is a whole different, whole nother level, a whole nother story actually. But that's beautiful. No, yeah. I think that's yeah. perfect. That's beautiful. Perfect. Now, that, that's, that's a great lesson, a great way to end it off. And if somebody does need dental supplies, where should they go? <laughs> you can, if you have my phone number, I'm not sure exactly, but DC, no, Dental, is the, uh, is, DC Dental is your address. I'll take yeah, care of you. Right. Ask for Michael Daniel. I will, I will personally take the call uh, <laughs> or, or I'll get back to you right away. I'm very, uh, very self-conscious about, about the responsiveness. So I, I will, I'll take care of you. And if you're lucky, maybe he'll sing you a song. I will sing. I will sing. If you mention, mention this ad, I'll sing you a song. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Michael, thank you so much. We should do this again soon. This was a pleasure. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on this. uh, This is really exciting venture you're, uh, you're, you're, you're embarking on. So, you know, keep on rocking.